the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. Look in the eyes to see. Look in me straight to leave. You give me all I need. So give me courage to believe. Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still sleep are Now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails. Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with a very special guest, but before I introduce her, I just want to give a shout out to my partner in justice, Benita Hopkins. She's not here today, um, but I'm sure I'm missing her and looking at the seat there and wondering, where are you? Um, but she's in Walnut Creek. She's uh, doing in a leadership meeting at the moment, and I'm really excited about that. Um, also, want to give a shout out to Rache, who's doing an awesome job working for a real estate agency right now. And uh, again, she's uh, not able to be with us each week, but we sure do miss her as well. Uh, and so we, we've got a really special guest uh, that is joining us uh, from San Francisco today. And uh, and this guest is the coordinator of the San Francisco Collaborative Against Human Trafficking, which is a, a public uh, coalition of government agencies and nonprofit agencies. And, and she's just been uh, amazing uh, coordinating all of the collaboration there in, in in San Francisco and throughout the Bay Area. And so without further ado, I have Antonia Levine. Hi, Antonia. Hi. Hi, how are you? Thank Great. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so grateful that you could join us and um, just grateful for everything that you do. Uh, over the last couple of months, um, you have really made a tremendous impact, uh, you and, and SFCAT, as well as several other coalitions that you're a part of, such as the National Council of Jewish Women in San Francisco. You've just been um, so supportive to some of our survivors. Um, in particular, there was an event that that uh, we participated in uh, a couple weeks ago, and you were able to give two scholarships out to uh, two of our uh, young ladies. And we're just so grateful for those opportunities, for the artwork that was produced through that event, um, giving a voice to the youth. I believe there was some dance that happened. But yeah, we're going to actually talk about all the things that you do to pull all of the youth together, to pull the the different agencies together in San Francisco. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about you. 
So because I, I, you know, the listening audience is always wondering, OK, there's these people that get involved with human trafficking and and um, I want to get involved. But, you know, I'm I, I do this for a living. You know, I'm a tax attorney or I'm a stay at home mom or I'm, I do housekeeping. What can I do? And so I like to show sort of the diversity of the people that are working in this space and the different um, backgrounds that people have. And so and, and, and talk about why you got started. And so your background is as a lawyer, right, for over 20 years in criminal prosecution, litigation and oversight in international legal studies and, 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 and cases. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that. And is that the way that you became sort of aware of what human trafficking is? Um, actually, um, it is partly the way, but uh, I was a prosecutor in Europe and uh, as such was invited to work with uh, an informal working group on uh, legislation protecting uh, women. And uh, around this legislation, we started work on uh, Human trafficking. Okay. And uh, trying to draft uh, and propose uh, laws to regulate uh, the field. And um, in the meantime, I uh, moved to the Ministry of Justice as expense, uh, Inspector General for the court system and had the opportunity to make a proposal, and this proposal was accepted to. Um, have um, general reform in the criminal laws and civil laws to cover the anti-trafficking work. Wow. And, uh, and this I, was in I Europe, is honor, that right? This is in Europe, and I had the honor to lead the working group and uh, complete uh, the overall reform in in anti-trafficking field. So I, I feel very honored, but uh, in the meantime, I was prosecuting cases that were actually human trafficking, uh, but at that time we didn't have uh, yet the international legislation against human trafficking. So as we know, it's a comple- uh, complex crime. Uh, and uh, we did prosecute crimes associated with human trafficking before, but we didn't have uh, the name until uh-huh. the new legislation was passed. So I have experience also uh, in prosecution, and of course I have uh, now extensive experience in the nonprofit field, right. which I'm very proud of. Yes, and we are very proud of you and grateful for you. And so just kind of digging a little bit further, which part of Europe were you working? Uh, I'm uh, originally uh, Bulgarian. Bulgarian, okay. Native Bulgarian. Uh And um, I worked in uh, the prosecution as senior prosecutor and then in uh, the Ministry of Justice as Inspector General overseeing... uh, the court activities and um, the uh, precedent, and uh, based on that, based on analysis of the court precedent uh, with my team of um, inspectors uh, suggesting changes in the legislation. Uh, This is why I was able to actually make a proposal for a complete reform 
in the field of uh, um, human trafficking. And when and, you say uh, that, a, a reform, um, what are some of the things that you uncovered and um, recommended? I'm curious. Well, we uncovered that we don't have uh, um, a complex uh, regulation of uh, criminalization of the crime of human trafficking as human trafficking with all the elements. Uh, we were able to uh, criminalize and prosecute uh, the various uh, crimes that are included in uh, the crime of human trafficking, like uh, um, smuggling people through the border, um, also rape, deprivation of privacy, and many others, kidnapping, everything that might be included as element of the crime of human trafficking. But we did not have the crime uh, as such complex crime separately criminalized, which was a problem in prosecuting um, and getting to the criminal networks uh, and having better opportunity to uh, collect proof. Uh, and uh, the second problem is that we did not have uh, any um, legal basis for uh, prevention of the crime and uh, for assisting the victims, also compensating the victims. So we needed additional uh, laws to regulate this part of the anti-trafficking work. And uh, in addition to changing, uh, making uh, the necessary changes in the criminal code, we had to work with this uh, interagency uh, working group to create laws uh, to create um, a law which um, makes sure that we have prevention measures. Right. Uh, we created the National Commission on Combating Human Trafficking and local commissions in the system, in the structure of this commission, responsible uh, to uh, make the policies in the field and... Um, have um, an action plan annually, yeah. yes. and um, we created um, an ordinance which um, was providing the rules for the operation of this commission and was uh, the basis for the creation of centers and shelters for victims of trafficking. Wow. So you guys just, I mean, it sounds like end to end there in Bulgaria, you were able to establish that the act of human trafficking is a crime and it should come with some sort of consequence. You were able to put a structure in place that would um, uh, provide services to the victims, provide uh, restitution to the victims, um, provide aftercare, pr provide for prevention, education and awareness, collaboration amongst different agencies. So so pretty much, you know, what you're doing in San Francisco, right, Antonio? <laughs> I 
you, yeah. so you're just going around and and going from you know nation to nation, um, sharing um, what what you're good at. So we're, we're going to come back. I want to learn a little bit more about what what made you interested in this type of law, and um, you know, c- go even back a little bit further. So when we come back, we're going to learn a little bit more about Aton- Antonia Levine. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. I'm in the studio today with Antonia Levine, who's the coordinator of the San Francisco Collaborative Against Human Trafficking, SFCAT. She's also the executive director of the National Council of Jewish Women of San Francisco. Welcome, Antonia. Thank you for having me. You just explained to us in the last segment how you are, um, you're basically curing world hunger (laughs) in all things human trafficking, which we love. And I, I, I just want to um, ask a, a little bit about your, you know, what made you want to become an attorney um, and a prosecutor at that? Well, I was uh, always interested in uh, social justice. I was also really into advocating for the cause of uh, disadvantaged groups of um, uh, victims, victimized individuals, uh, very interested in um, the how violence affects people and how they can be helped. And uh, the thing is that in the civil law system, the prosecution has a major role in assisting uh, individuals that cannot actually um, effectively uh, protect themselves uh, without uh, help from um, uh, institution or uh, other individual, like uh, disabled and children and uh, victims of uh, various crimes. So uh, this was uh, mainly I was involved even as a student in uh, groups that work on social justice. And uh, it it was uh, a great opportunity for me to study law and learn how to be more effective in doing that. Um, and I enjoyed very much my work as prosecutor. It gave me uh, a good opportunity to also assist uh, uh, non-profit groups and collaborations that work on legislation associated with victims' protection and social justice. One of the things I was going to say as a non-profit and just as a person who wasn't raised in a uh, in an environment where laws were being discussed over the dinner table or um, where uh, you know there was an awareness of what your rights were. I mean, I, we really didn't have no. I didn't know that. And even now, <laughs> after being in this field for um, six years and you know gra- you know graduating from college and all of that stuff, I still have times where I am. Um, unaware of what my rights are or unaware of um, how a, the legal process works or how the legislative process works. And recently, um, I had the opportunity to collaborate with um, uh, Ashley uh, Bryant from Three Strands Global and Robert Benz and Ken Morris from Frederick Douglass Family Initiative to 
um, collaborate with an assemblyman, uh, Bonta, and, and some others on SB 1227, and it's out for public review at the moment. And just participating in that process, getting to kind of sort of see how it all works and how laws are, you know, how bills are created and how laws are created. I mean, here I am, you know, in my 40s and, you know, working as a professional woman for, you know, 20 some plus years and working in this advocacy world for the last five years and just getting visibility into how the whole sort of legislative process process works. So, you know, gain allowing nonprofits, allowing lay people to gain access to these to this information um, is so important, um, not only in protecting ourselves and in protecting others, but in uh, becoming a, a more active participant in um, in the way that our world runs. Right. Oh, this is absolutely crucial, and thank you so much for all the work that you are doing, and Love Never Fails to support the legislative efforts, uh, because uh, without uh, professionals directly involved in service and working with victims, uh, working uh, to empower survivors, uh, we will not be able to to have good legislation and to address the needs of these uh, individuals and of the whole society, actually, to prevent further victimization, to prevent having new uh, victims. Um, it's crucial to involve uh, the nonprofit sector, specifically the service providers and survivors, in the legislative and policy work. And frankly, this is the main reason uh, all over the world and uh, based on the international legislation uh, in the field to have these collaborations which we form on national level, also on local level. This is the main reason. And um, I... I probably here is the the place to mention that um, because of my work on national level, I uh, was uh, privileged and uh, very honored to be involved later in my career in the drafting of international legislation. Mm. I became uh, a part of the ad hoc committee that uh, drafted the European Convention on action against human trafficking. And we, um, at our local collaboration uh, in all these countries of the European Union, uh, culminated in uh, forming this international collaboration, uh, international cooperation uh, to address the challenges uh, of the anti-trafficking work. And of course, this this exists uh, on international level through the United Nations Convention against transnational organized crime and the protocol, the Palermo Protocol on human trafficking. Wow. So, so international protocol on human trafficking. What might be an example of that? Well, the International Protocol Against Human Trafficking is actually the first uh, comprehensive uh, uh, international uh, agreement 
and uh, represent against human trafficking, uh, which is binding on the countries that signed and ratified the protocol. Of course, the United States is one of these uh, countries and it was a leading force in um, uh, drafting the protocol and then in the implementation of the protocol. Our State Department publishes the annual report on human trafficking, uh, uh, placing countries in uh, three tiers, uh, depending on how they combat trafficking and uh, how much they uh, develop as resources and uh, uh, work on new policies uh, to prevent and combat human trafficking and protect the victims. And uh, based on that, uh, the United States uh, makes decision on funding or sanctioning countries for not being uh, persistent and uh, really willing to uh, combat human trafficking. It's a powerful tool uh, in supporting uh, the international effort on uh, eradicating human trafficking. Got you. So putting some sort of sanctions in place in order to motivate uh, countries to uh, do yeah. something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Money talks, unfortunately. And uh, as you know, this is a, a very lucrative industry. And so we have to combat it um, with the um, the tools that are used to accelerate it, right? Um, so we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about some of the things that you're doing with SFCAT um, in San Francisco and plans that you have for the coming year. Uh, and so uh, lot, lots of good stuff to discuss. And thank you so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Antonia Levine, who is a coordinator of the San Francisco uh, uh, San Francisco Collaborative Against Human Trafficking. And she is also the executive director of the National Council of Jewish Women in San Francisco and also a member of the San Francisco Mayor's Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. And so just thinking some, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about what the National Council of Jewish Women in San Francisco are doing what the focus is, what the goals are, as well as SFCAT. Maybe just start off, starting off with, with, with the council. What, what are your goals for this year? Well, the goal for uh, this year is to expand uh, our work on human trafficking, of course. Yes. And uh, also, um, as we work against human trafficking, we are very much focused on the uh, causes the root causes of human trafficking, uh, because the, having uh, this focus is key to our work to prevent human trafficking. And we really identify as a major cause of human trafficking the fact that we have many communities, uh, individuals, but also whole communities that... Um, lack opportunities and as a result especially children in these communities women 
disabled and um, immigrants are vulnerable to exploitation and ultimately to human trafficking. So, of course, we cannot uh, cover all this area with the resources of the council, but we identified uh, groups that we uh, want to be helpful to. And uh, as you know, we present annually scholarships uh, to um, uh, individuals from two groups vulnerable to exploitation and human trafficking and violence. And the first group is uh, um, youth. Uh, we were very proud that uh, we were able to uh, present uh, two scholarships to clients of uh, Love Never Fails this yes. year. And uh, we have presented also scholarships to homeless youth and uh, uh, at uh, Huckleberry House yes. program. And uh, we have presented uh, to uh, Potrero Hill uh, neighborhood house in uh, San Francisco. Um, these are youth that lack resources and uh, due to uh, lack of opportunities or the fact that they are homeless or uh, other factors that contribute uh, can be exploited and can easily fall in the hands of, they are just easy catch for the traffickers. We yes. also want to continue our work on supporting uh, survivors of human trafficking mm -hmm. and as with the youth at risk of violence and uh, exploitation, for both groups we provide the scholarships so that they can study and uh, uh, both uh, educate themselves but also get some um skills which will allow them to join the workforce. Yeah. And we presented, uh, for the first year, we presented scholarships to survivors at uh, MISI, which is our group, uh, I'm sure by now, very well known to your audience, right. working with youth survivors. Yes. Yeah, so a couple of things, just going back to some of the vulnerabilities that you talked about earlier. I, I always like to share a few stats. So there's so, so there's some context as we're discussing some of the concerns. Right. So um, I was reading through an article about San Francisco's level of homelessness and um, and, and it, it really uh, was it's quite alarming. Right. So most of the people that are on the streets of San Francisco um, actually were became homeless while in San Francisco, right? 71% of the people became homeless while they're in San Francisco. And one of the things, the, the stats that um, pointed, uh, that jumped out to me is that 41% of San Francisco renters spend their entire income on their apartment living check to check and saving nothing for an emergency. And I think that um, that just, just that data point alone, um, not having money saved for an emergency lends itself to homelessness because you become sick, you lose your job, any incident occurs and you have and you have now lost your home. And so when we think about the implications not only to 
um, you know, not only to our, our youth, but also to the family that maybe was housing them before that's under a lot of stress where there can be, a, you know, that, that that can contribute to the children being abused, um, the children being neglected because parents are working multiple jobs, uh, the children being abused because parents are stressed out, uh, verbally abused, perhaps, or, you know, and there's so many things that go into uh, the 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 state of the city and, and of the Bay Area, quite frankly, I, I think, you know, the, the, this this challenge around homelessness is absolutely, uh, you know, present in every meeting that I'm going to. I went to a meeting in Alameda County recently with social services and with community development agency and the board of supervisors. And it was just very clear that we have a tremendous homeless problem. And as you stated, there is a cross section between homelessness and human trafficking. The more homeless uh, that we see, the more vulnerability there is. And, and the more those people that have a place, have a need for housing are vulnerable to pretty much, you know, anything to being, you know, uh, taken advantage of for purposes of human trafficking, drug trafficking um, and other crimes. Right. So we've got to get um, somehow figure out how to address that issue. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the, we have uh, thoughts about that, but we also analyze the work of the National Council of Jewish Women, which is, by the way, national and international organization, in the past on addressing uh, human trafficking, mainly among the groups of uh, uh, immigrants. Uh, and uh, what we discovered is that the council created a whole uh, cycle, just circle of uh, um, useful services, uh, which uh, represent the safety nets, which these individuals, especially homeless, as, as we speak uh, about homeless, for example, uh, lack currently. And uh, we uh, thought of the scholarships because we thought that it's very important to provide some um, uh, funds uh, for this population to be able to get education and our principle is of course uh, that the highest level of uh, help that you can provide to an individual is to teach them how to help themselves as opposed to just uh, give them uh, or temporarily support and uh, so that is why we thought of the education and uh, providing funds for education. But also, as you mentioned, uh, these people don't have, uh, in many cases, anybody to even share uh, the problems that they have, uh, get some advice. So uh, we thought and uh, we spoke with you, Vanessa, about uh, coupling the scholarships and some financial support with mentoring. Yes. Uh, especially in families where there, there is a disconnect between the youth and the parents or the, the science of uh, domestic abuse or just neglect of the child. And uh, I think this will be extremely helpful, focusing uh, as opposed to incidentally helping youth, rather uh, providing uh, continued uh, 
support for two, three, even more years until uh, not necessary, mm-hmm. uh, no longer, no longer necessary. No, I think that's uh, a, so a great idea. And you know, when you you and I were talking about it, um, you know, it's that that's that long term, like like what a family would do, right? Um, uh, just being a support, uh, not enabling. But empowering, right? A, a youth, exactly. and when exactly. you I, I just, I just want you to know that by giving the the two youth, Levener uh, Fields youth, the the scholarship, um, what it said to them is number one, because I told them it was a college scholarship, so it planted a seed that they're going to college, and yeah. and they began to think, wow, I'm going to college, and then, um, and then on, on top of that, that 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 someone believes in me. Someone's willing to make an investment in my future. And, and, and then there's witnesses that are standing around and everyone's apl- applauding and in agreement that, this per- that, that, that I'm a person that is college bound. It's, that is very powerful. And, um, yeah. So, so when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that session and and that's just one, one thing that was done on that day, you know, during that event. And I know you do that on an annual basis and I want to talk some more about that and some of the other things that the youth expressed while they were there. I'd love to get your insight on that, but we're going to take a break. We'll come right back and thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today again with Antonia Levine, and it's been a wonderful time um, just hearing about all the wonderful things you've been doing, not just in San Francisco, but internationally, uh, and uh, advocating, collaborating, and um, prosecuting in some instances uh, uh, for the uh, for the justice of uh, victims of human trafficking. Um, Antonia, we were just chatting about SFCAT um, and some of the events that you do to bring the community together. Um, tell us about the event, um, you, you know, that you recently hosted. You had, I think you had some dancers there. You had the, you certainly had some youth come out and share their artwork. You know, tell us a little bit more about that event. Well, we... We think that it's very powerful to use the intersection uh, between um, arts and um, performing um, with uh, social justice. And we created uh, five years ago at the San Francisco Collaborative Against Human Trafficking. Uh, By the way, this was the idea of our then co-chair Nancy Goldberg, uh, we created uh, the poster contest uh, for teenagers, uh, middle and high school uh, age, from uh, public, uh, private schools, home, home studies, and uh, expanded it to writing contests in the last two years. And it's been so empowering, so mm. inspiring to students. Um, Love Never Fails is a main major partner in this work. We go to schools, we make presentations, um, just introducing the 
um, addressing human trafficking and uh, giving students some information how they can be helpful and uh, then promote among them uh, our poster and writing contest. For the last five years, we have received so many beautiful artworks, uh, also poems, uh, writing, small essays, uh, and uh, students' children were just, uh, they, they're not children, they're um, in many ways uh, complete individuals, at, uh, especially at high school age. Um, and uh, we uh, take their works, we uh, make a poster with including information um, for the phone number to call if you identify somebody as human trafficking victim, if you suspect that somebody is uh, in this situation. Um, and uh, this poster uh, we print every year uh, and uh, distribute among the agencies, members of the cooperative, but also in the schools and uh, in community centers. Um, and uh, our ceremony to um, give out the awards to the winners uh, of the poster and writing contest uh, every year is actually a celebration of uh, students' involvement in anti-trafficking work. We invite speakers, uh, we invite performers, uh, and uh, this year we had even uh, filmmakers. Wow. Um, uh, survivor of human trafficking and... Uh, Friends uh, of hers uh, created a documentary. Oh, yes. We actually so had her on our show incredible. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So incredible. Uh, the performers, we have a dancing group uh, which participated for the second year. And I want to also say how incredible was has been the support of our politicians, our local politicians, and especially to mention the support of Supervisor Katie Tang. She's a member of the cooperative, and every year she provides these beautiful certificates from uh, the Board of Supervisors and uh, speaks ad- addressing the, the youth involved in our activities. So inspiring, so encouraging. Our plans are to uh, involve more youth in our work and uh, have them serve as advisors of our uh, activities with youth and also providing uh, an example through their experience having uh, um, organized events at their schools, uh, some of our... um, uh, associated groups of uh, students uh, do philanthropic work. They raise funds or uh, collect items that uh, they provide uh, to the service providers. Uh, so many examples. Our writers, so wonderful. We will probably make uh, some publication uh, of their works. This is just part of our uh, community cooperation, which is so key 
for our success because uh, it's a way to involve not only the students but also their teachers who were so they have been so helpful in organizing the the participation in the poster contest but also the families the role of the parent is uh, key to uh, prevention uh, especially in the area of uh, sex trafficking yes and you know it's so funny because uh I've had numerous conversations with one of the co-founders of Stellium, who is hosting Music of the Spheres um, in, in April, uh, which is an, a, going to be a music concert at the Grace Cathedral. I believe it's going to be on the 28th of April in the evening, 5, five to 10. Um, and and that, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I, w- I was discussing with her is that um, the use of art as a as a, a platform for communicating with our youth for connecting with our youth and connecting with a message that quite frankly is really hard to connect with um it's it, uh, i don't mean hard as in difficult uh, to understand although sometimes it is but just a difficult topic to discuss it's painful it's it can be traumatizing but as uh using art as a as the safe medium to have a conversation about the pain that um, that one might experience or the fear that one might experience or the, you know, or the sadness that one might experience that is observing and or enduring um, the the effects of human trafficking um, is is just so powerful. And I can say for myself, having, you know, grown up in San Francisco and attended the the, um, the School of the Arts there in San Francisco at McAteer at the time, I, you know, art was uh, was if it had not been for art, I, I definitely would not be here today because it was my coping mechanism. Uh, you know, I think I, I always kid around with people that actually do art therapy that I think I created art therapy <laughs> for myself. You know, it's what sustained yeah. me. And so it's just so great that you've created this sort of this art, safe, artistic, safe place for the youth to engage on this topic and um, applause to you and the um, the rest of the um, SFCAT team. And um, and also, I'm super grateful to Benita for um, engaging with SFCAT and, you know, with uh, with you in, in a variety of different ways and making sure that Love Never Fails is able to participate. So um, we're going to take a break um, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about events that are going on in the community. And, um, of course, you know, we'll hear a little bit more from Antonia about things that we need to be aware of that are up and coming. So you don't want to miss it. Come on back with us. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are so um, grateful to be able to spend time with you, Antonia. It's been um, very interesting. It's it's kind of sad. It's, it's, it's good because we're busy. Every time we see each other, we're off doing what we need to do, advocating, hosting an event. But, you know, it takes a radio show, right, for me to find out that you're, yeah. you've done all these amazing things. But um, we so appreciate you and um, thank you for being on the show. I, I think you wanted to share a little uh, an event that you have coming up as well as ways that uh, the listening audience can get in touch with you. Yeah, we have a, a very uh, exciting event upcoming uh, 
It will be on March 29th uh, at the San Francisco uh, Main Public Library uh, in Coreto Auditorium. And we'll have a panel, uh, law enforcement and uh, representatives of service providers uh, speaking with mental health clinicians and mental health graduate students such as social work, psychology, and counseling graduate students. Uh, to introduce the topic of human trafficking, to educate them how to identify uh, potential, um, just uh, how to recognize the science of human trafficking uh, when they encounter uh, a person that they suspect might be the victim of human trafficking. Oh, good. I think it was... Uh, Organized uh, by one of our interns, also graduate uh, students uh, in the same area of studies, and we are proud, very proud of this event. And then um, I would love to um, have people contacting me about our mentoring program. Uh, we we spoke a little bit about this mentoring program. And uh, we already trained uh, 21 uh, individuals, uh, our members, but not only members of the community, to um, mentor uh, at risk youth. Yes. Um, and uh, please feel free to contact me. Our website at www.ncjwsf.com. ORG um, provides more information about our mentoring program and how we uh, organize the work. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Antonia. I'm going to just whip on through some other events that are going on in the community. Um, also, uh, Love Never Fails, as you know, has a mentoring program, and so um, we look forward to collaborating some more um, uh, with you, Antonia, and we're doing another class. I wanted to make sure the listening audience is aware, April 20th through June 22nd at Oakland City Church in Oakland. It's on Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m., and uh, if this is a great class if you want to become a volunteer in our house this is a class that we'd like you to take so you get familiar with our organization and also learn about uh, trauma-informed um, mentoring strategies and um, self-care things like that that um, that are so important to our residents as well as as well as our mentees and so if you want to get involved please do uh, reach out to mentors m-e-n-t-o-r-s at love never fails us.com also um, want to encourage you to go to our website love never fails us and look at events that are going on in the community. Um, there's always an, a, a third Saturday street outreach. Um, so here we are in March. We're going to be going out on the 18th. Um, we'll meet at Faith Fellowship Church in San Leandro, 577 Manor Boulevard in San Leandro. I believe it's around 630 for a training, and then we'll be out um, doing our outreach. Also want to invite you to join me at the Silicon Valley Prayer Vic Breakfast, and that is at the um, Hyatt Regency Santa Clara. 
um, and that is, I want to say it's 7.30 in the morning on March the 31st. So sign up at uh, the Silicon Valley Prayer Breakfast website. Get your tickets there. Uh, also want to invite you to uh, go and hear from Benita. She'll be speaking um, coming up later this month, and I believe it is on the 7th. She'll be speaking at San Mateo Conference from 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, so join her at the South San Francisco Conference Center um, and uh, a variety of other providers. Of course, uh, we want to invite you to like our pages, Love Never Fails, on Facebook, uh, at Love Never Fails 5 on Twitter. Follow us, get involved, learn how you can volunteer with our organization. We sure could use the help. And of course, if you haven't heard it before, remember that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. And this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. Pain of today, you are where you are. You are where you are. You're in the blood, the water, the passion for the poor. You're in our longing for justice. The heart that longs no more. You're in our hope for tomorrow. The pain of today, you are where you are. You are where you are. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.